Merry Christmas. In this episode, Ryan and I discuss frequently asked questions, Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, reminisce a little bit about 2020, hopeful of 2021. You know, we hope that you have the opportunity to spend time with your loved ones. If you're spending time with us, we love you too. We had fun and hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Merry Christmas, y'all. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. Here we are on a Saturday morning, um, having fun, living free and independent under the boot jack of the state. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. This is a Christmas episode. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Nice of course. Tree and nice yeah. that special lighting. Yeah. Soft lighting to make me look younger and thinner. <laughs> And appear more intelligent. <laughs> uh, extra, extra special production for the end of 2020. And what a year, huh? Oh my gosh. What a year. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, have mentioned a couple of times, you know, Corona hoax. Mm-hmm. And then looking on social media, which I try to avoid all media except for the alt media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you still have to be very selective, in my opinion, there. But the just the back and forth um, shredding of people, each other, people who think that there's, you know, uh, a virus, and there is a virus. There's no question about the man-made virus from America released in Wuhan, China. There's no question there's a virus. When I say hoax or Corona hoax, I'm not talking. I'm not saying oh, there's not a virus. You know, but just watching back and forth on social media, how ugly people get. There's so division, Mm -hmm. such a division, so divisive. It's it's painful to watch. Yeah. Um, So I just want to clarify when I say Corona hoax, it was a man-made virus, right? It released on purpose with intent. And if you think this one is bad, wait till they ramp it up. So. When I say hoax, I don't mean that there's not a virus. It's like uh, the good science that's uh, backing it up and shutting down and, and wearing masks and all that is a hoax. No. So by the time this is released, because this is November, Christmas episode, you know, maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll see who is selected as president. Maybe we won't. My prediction is neither side will be happy about it yeah yeah the divisiveness is unfortunate but at, at the end of the day i kind of come back to it similar to another thing that happened this past week that you and i had spoke about it's like you know people are going to do what they're going to do and if they want to yeah. argue and all that that's fine you know cash values are rising every day not a single client lost money how many people in the financial business of any kind can say that the vast majority cannot and well, it's wait like, a minute. If we quit talking for a minute, we'll have dead silence to that answer. <laughs> there will be no answer to that question, you know? Yeah. So. So yeah. all that, you know, you could watch the news and get involved and pay as much attention to all that as you want. But like you say, it's all conversation until someone writes a check. And a day that goes by without cash values rising is a day of opportunity lost. Lost opportunity there, man. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Ryan, I can't. You know, uh, I'm too old. I'm uninsurable. Yeah. Can I do better elsewhere? What's the rate of return? Yeah. What's the dividend? 
I have noticed that a lot of the, a lot of the similar questions recur and pop up, and I think we've talked about it in the past. I don't want to sound uh, redundant or like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I hate that, but um, if the questions are still being asked, then maybe they need to be answered. You know, so one from this week, a common one is. You know, what happens when or what's it look like when I want to, quote unquote, repay myself? So I've taken a policy loan from the life insurance company. I want to repay it throughout the course of a year. Uh, what, what, what's it mean? What's it look like when I want to pay myself more in interest than what the company's charging? It's like what Nelson talked about in part four, equipment financing of becoming your own banker. Um, and it... it there are maybe is it two or three paragraphs in that section where he explains what it is he's doing and why, uh, but it, it really has been a stumbling block for a lot of people, and, and I just have found myself reviewing and clarifying that more and more often. Yep, <clears throat> you know I, I have the opportunity to address that or engage in that particular conversation very often. Um, you know, and, and most people don't really talk about, I say most people don't really talk about, it. I haven't seen the conversations and it's not really that I go out and look for conversations. Uh, I feel like, um, my mentor's mentor, whom I never had the opportunity to meet, Leonard E. Reed. He was a, I don't know how many books he's written. He was a voracious, ferocious writer. Mm-hmm. And he told Nelson one time, he said, you know, he was going to take some time off so he could write more. And then he told Nelson that it quit flowing mm-hmm. when he took the time away from work, mm-hmm. you know, to write. Mm-hmm. It quit flowing. So he went back to work. It kept flowing and he kept writing. So, and I'm just saying that I don't have, I don't spend a lot of time looking for conversations. I mean, I try to learn and educate myself every day but I don't want to necessarily relearn the things I feel like that I know, mm-hmm. right? Um, but this conversation comes up often in, you, you know, 20, 15, 16 years ago when it came up, you know, we focused on EVA, economic value added, hmm. you know, Stern Stewart, which, you know, we've talked about them. You've, I think, written about mm-hmm. them. Um, and you discovered a couple of books you shared with me on that whole philosophy. Um, but it, it's very simple. That article is very simple. You know, how do you value your capital? How can you value this? Is, this is one way to value your capital, mm-hmm. right? The infinite banking concept and, you know, paying a loan back at the market rate of interest, um, quote unquote interest we're calling it interest so if I borrow money from the life insurance company I'm collateralizing my cash value and they have to charge me an interest rate if it's a mutual structure um, and they're going to give me access to their capital by contract without an interest charge and you are a policyholder with the same mutual company, which you are, you should want them to charge me interest. Mm-hmm. No question. If they have the capital to meet their future obligations, a life insurance company has the capital to meet their future obligations, future cash values, future death benefit, they have to put that capital to work to earn 
an interest rate and they can't put it in the market. The market is there's no guarantee in the market. There's no certainty in the market. So it makes sense why they can't put money in the market. Mm -hmm. It's uncertain. You dying is certain. <laughs> you know, I think the mortality rate in, in America is hovering around 100%. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a matter of time. The unknown, we don't know when. Mm -hmm. But because they're life insurance companies and they're pricing this product, life insurance, and they're going to pay a future death benefit, they're pretty dang accurate. Yeah. You know, when somebody of a particular age and health status is going to graduate. So my whole point is this. It's so simple, so fundamental that, you know, Nelson does a, a fabulous job. 92 pages. Big print. Mm -hmm. Blank pages. Spaces on the pages. It's such an easy, uh, simple read. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy to grasp as a concept, and I think it's so simple, straightforward, with 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 um, out any smoke and mirrors that people have a tendency to jump over it. Okay, and and so I, I'm just saying, 16 years ago, you know, we had this conversation often. We talked about EBA, and Nelson does a great job in there. We well, go forward, and today, if we Google. Um, infinite banking or whatever, there are 5,000 examples of presentations of numbers and, and, and it's almost like they're great presentations. You know, it's almost, it's entertaining more than educating, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And uh, so I just adds to the confusion and, and the lack of clarity, like there's some magic, you're going to create money out of thin air by borrowing against a cash value or any other asset that you own, is hogwash. But these presentations make it appear as if the more I borrow, mm -hmm. the better the policies are going to do. There it is, yeah. And so then, you know, and the people that, that I engage with, and I know the people that you engage with, the people that listen to us regularly, and I know some of you are listening just to criticize, and okay, <laughs> I mean, we all need something to do. But most of the people that listen to us, they want to know. They want clarity and they want to yeah. learn, right? And they want to maybe, um, well, I, they want to be educated and entertaining. I think we're very entertaining as well. Well, it, it's, I find it's a good opportunity to actually explain what goes on with policy loan repayment Absolutely. and highlight why it's the most efficient credit instrument in the world. Because when, so in equipment financing, the reason Nelson did what he did was showing an apples to apples comparison, right? A certain amount of money would have gone to Associates Finance for that logger to pay for his equipment. And in order to compare that conventional finance, financial arrangement with financing through a life insurance company and a policy loan, legitimately, he had to show even cash flows. Yep. So if it's 1500 and change going to Associates Finance per month, then to show an adequate comparison on an apples to apples basis with the life insurance company, he's got to assume that same 1500 and change per month Absolutely. going to the life insurance company in some form. And so had Nelson, had the individual just paid the proportion of principal and the associated interest that the insurance company was actually charging, the technical actual interest, then the total amount paid to the, insu to the insurance company would have been less right. than the amount going to the associate's finance. Right. And so it'd be an apples to oranges comparison. Right. So Nelson inflated 
how much was going to the insurance company in that inflate, I say inflate, the yeah. he increased the amount Required going to the insurance company with additional PUA. And right. so there's two things happening. He's repaying some of the loan and making a PUA premium payment what? at the same time. And what? that it's the PUA that's causing death benefits and cash values to go up. What? There's no magic premium, in the loan. Premium. See, we call it interest in the deal, right. whatever the deal is that we put together in our own mind or execute on. Yeah. Right. The company, the life insurance company is charging us an, a loan interest rate and associates finance at that time. And let me tell you what, there's a history of associates finance, okay, that we'll go into sometime off camera, <laughs> okay. Um, they were charging one rate, the life insurance company was charging another rate, there's arbitrage, there's a difference, right? So it's, okay, it's just a difference in interest rates, but to your point, the apples to apples comparison, and to be an honest banker, mm. he had to repay at fifteen hundred because that was the requirement of Associates Finance. Yeah. And so, if he if he valued Associates Finance money um, at that particular level that they created out of thin air, I think fifteen percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's thirteen point six two. I've done the calculation sometimes. I don't have them in front of me, but it was very high. But the policy loan rate in that particular company was eight percent. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and this is at a time, if you go back, see, we go back and we look at it today, looking back, you know, that book was printed in 2000. Okay, here we are in 2020. You know, and I want you to, to, to consider when Nelson discovered the infinite banking concept and what you could do with life insurance and why you should become your own banker and how to do it with life insurance and why it matters, he said about um, holding seminars, right, through the 80s. Now, I want you to consider today in 2020, you cannot do what Nelson did with a life insurance policy issued in 2020, right? And there's several reasons for that. Does that mean that that's not good or this isn't good what we can do today? And it's no and no. You know, the, the pricing of life insurance has changed twice, maybe three times. So the, we can get into that, but the, CSO tables, commissioner standard ordinary tables. All of, all of the policies that he illustrated were paid to 100. That was a calculated uh, life expectancy. Now it's paid to 120 through 120 to age 121. So the theoretical life expectancy has lengthened. Mm -hmm. So that causes uh, a change in the pricing and structure of life insurance. And then I want you to think about this. What were the interest rates in 1980 when Nelson is teaching this, right? And he's doing it off the old projector with pages that projects onto the wall, yeah. right? <clears throat> well, back then, I can only imagine the pushback that he got when, you know, Peter Lynch, the greatest investment and mutual fund manager in the world is spitting out 12 to 18% returns. CDs were 12 and 14%. There were 30-year government bonds at, at, at least 10 and 12%. Mm -hmm. And here's Nelson, you know, demonstrating the power and the virtue of becoming your own banker with life insurance. So we look at it today, 2020, looking at what he did in 2000. And I'm just going back another 20 years at the genesis 
And the uphill battle that he faced because of interest rates, which you can't control and I can't control, and they were artificial. And, you know, we can all learn why Volcker did what he did. And um, my point is this, that um, Associates Finance was charging an interest rate. Nelson could not control that. The logger could not control that, Mm -hmm. right? But if he just kept the cash flows, like you had said earlier, apples to apples, the only thing changed that changed in that situation is where the cash flows were going to and where they were coming from. And then the names of the cash flows changed as well. And I don't want to play a word game or, but I just want you to think like, if I borrow money from a third-party lender, that's a loan, right? It requires a loan repayment, right? So if I borrow money from the life insurance company, that's a loan, and then there's a loan repayment. But if I'm taking advantage of arbitrage, if you're going to charge me 13, the life insurance company is going to charge me eight, and I want to repay the loan at 13 with that additional interest, that market rate of interest, I'm calling that additional money, capital, to the life insurance company interest it's premium to the life insurance company which speaks exactly to what you said it is the premium the paid up additions premium that made all the difference in that yeah the example i mean like in on this show and my work i stay far away from the illustrations i've been hard on illustrations and it's like what he he was making a point there and the point was well made and it's correct but it's you know, and, and so I walk people through it, but at the end of it, it's like, you know, all we're doing here is systematically accumulating capital over your lifetime. And the way to do it is to pay premium. And at the end of the day, when you need capital for something, the most efficient way to do it is with the policy loan, period. And if you want to uh, take a Excel class and learn to build a spreadsheet with the formulas to calc- and you want to call up the conventional lender for whatever type of item you might be buying, you know, auto lender, uh, commercial bank, what have you, to determine what the quote unquote market rate of interest is. And then you want to reverse engineer how much money you would be sending to the principal on a policy loan and then how much more in PUA you would need to pay in order to get to that quote unquote market rate of interest. It's like you can do that if you want. But at the end of the day, the thing that's causing that cash value to rise is your premium payment. So just pay the premium. You know, if you did that, um, if you did that and you you have not drank the Kool-Aid, okay, uh-huh. it's going to support your position that, you know, you should put your money in the market or wherever to get a high rate of return. Yeah. Uh, and you can listen to all the uh, pseudo experts, financial entertainers saying, Oh, they're going to charge you interest to borrow your own money. Wrong and wrong. And it's, you know, we can have that discussion whether they know what they're talking about or they don't know what they talk about, what they're talking about, and who cares. But, um, or, or that, you know, that, there'll be that. And then you can be like, well, look, the market's going up forever. I can get a 12% rate of return in the market forever. So why would I want to do any of that? You know, in, in life insurance, we know it's the worst place to put money and blah, 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 blah. So you can build the Excel spreadsheet and you can try to calculate an internal, and you can calculate an internal rate of return on life insurance policy all day long on any asset that you own, right? But my point is this, that you can go through that process. If you're not paying premium, it's probably going to support your preconceived ideas and your preconceived position. Mm-hmm. If you do go through that process with um, 
with honesty, right? If you back up and, and, and try to set aside all of your bias and prejudice, then, you know, the, I think it'll stand on its own and speak for itself, right? Um, now, if you are practicing the infinite banking concept and you're paying high premium or you have high cash values in relationship to your premium and, um, and you do that Excel ninja exercise, it's going to confirm everything that you thought, suspected, and hoped for. Yeah, I, my people get to the point where it's like, like Nelson said, and I tell everybody this, and if you're a client watching, you've heard me say it, that if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. And the, the, that's the that's the point of the process of, of when you're coming to the table for the first time to start the infinite banking concept to buy a dividend paying whole life built correctly from the right company. It's just to find out what's going on here in 2020 or 2025 or whenever you happen to be listening or watching this, that's the, that's the point. It's to just find out what's going on and why, and then the direction is clear, right? And everything else becomes details. So like I used to be a lot of people would, you know, we get into a discussion about the policy loan interest and I, I, right away <laughs> I, I go to the, right, right away I go to the point, it's like, look, if, you've, if you have, difficulty with the idea of contributing to the revenue of a company that pays you a dividend, then we have deeper problems. Yeah, no question. And it, not to mention the fact that I said it before, but policy loans are the most efficient uh, credit instruments on the market. The, the way interest, so it, if you have a policy loan, the way it works is that interest will accrue, right? They're tabulating, they're calculating the amount of interest on a daily basis. Uh, and that interest calculation is kept separate. It's only added to the balance of the loan at the end of the policy year. Right? Contrast with something like a HELOC, which is supposed to be, you know, the holy grail of, you know, contrarian finance, where- Because we're in the is, lowest interest rate environment yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. So that, interest is calculated daily and it's added to the balance daily, right? That, that the interest is consistently applying upward pressure on the balance. Whereas with a policy loan, that interest is the interest amount, that volume of interest that accrues throughout the course of the year is only added to the balance at the end of the year if you don't pay it. And so you can prevent the interest, in fact, from causing the balance of the policy loan to increase. And only in a policy <laughs> loan can you do that. And only in a policy loan can you do so in an unstructured fashion. Right? I don't have to make a monthly payment. It, I, it, I, can, I can make it, I can exercise. Now, if you're using the correct companies, because some companies only allow you to make certain payments at certain times, or they have other restrictions on when you can make payments. But um, if, if you have the right kind of contract that allows you the discretion and authority to make those payments when you want, then you can do so when the funds are available, you know, in a way that's amenable to your own financial circumstances. The changes. Not to the banks. Or to some third-party conventional lender. So are you saying that I could uh, control a loan, an amortization schedule, a loan repayment schedule? So in essence, um, let me clarify, right? I could create a 30-year loan. Mm. I could create a 20-year loan, a 15-year loan. I can create an interest-only loan. I can create a loan that has unstructured and unequal periodic repayments. So what I'm hearing in layman's terms that I get to control the banking function? Yes. Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. 
What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I... But it, it's it's really all conversation until somebody writes a check. Yeah. I mean, you can study and review, and you should study, you know, uh, to make a proper decision for you and your family. And I think there's a really a short path to that. Um, but it's all conversation until somebody writes a check, period, until you go through underwriting. And I know we make it look easy and we make it sound easy, but we don't make it sound too easy like this you know, presentation you were listening to on the way down here. I, I don't know why you listen to those things, but you know, the individual was like making it, you know, arguing before the Supreme Court, the SEC and the IRS and everybody else. Like it's a daily thing that they do. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying the presentation that they had put together is very complicated, sketchy at best, fragile. If it could even possibly work, um, but the way they're talking about it, it was like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever and simple, simple, simple. And it's like, and you throw out the big numbers to mesmerize everybody, you know, a million here and a million there. And well, in this particular one, and I can't say his name because if he sent me a cease and desist letter in the past, so <laughs> clearly he's very sensitive. So I uh, won't say his name, but it, part of what he was talking about uh, that one of the alleged drawbacks of the infinite banking concept, I stress the word alleged, uh, is that you can't use qualified money to pay for it. Yeah, you, get, you have to use post-tax <laughs> dollars to pay a life insurance premium that's held individually. Uh, and that's supposed to be a drawback. Right? And they get, right. it's a part of this overall broader problem that I see and talk about, you know, the end of the year here in 2020, the things that I've kind of learned or that have been revealed to me over the course of the year is like the uh, the, the lack of uh, breadth and comprehensiveness in, in the financial industry, right? We have these certain little things that are supposed to be the, the proper, correct objectives, right? For CPAs, it's short-term tax liability management. Anything I can do to get deduction and defer a tax liability off into the future at a higher tax rate. And here, I can help you out because I got a bunch of licenses because preparing taxes don't pay enough. So I can sell these financial products yeah. on the side yeah. paid or, that or, way and too. Then, Which and I'm then, a capitalist and I have no you know, problem with profits at all. But it's like... Yeah, it's just very convenient. And, and then, Maybe I want to go to the doctor to get my dentistry taken care of. Yeah. And, and then there's others like income replacement. You know, we're supposed to be replacing a certain amount of income 40 years in the future. And that's the only thing we're doing in finance. Or uh, we're supposed to, we want a high average rate of return uh, in, in our investment portfolio. And that's what finance should be. And it's like, how many of these people have ever defined fin finance? Like, I, I think if you got... 10 financial people in a room, you ask them to define finance, you'd get 25 different answers. And I don't think the, I've never asked the question. I haven't heard, I haven't heard other people talk. Oftentimes I think the best questions are the ones that people never ask. And well, what that up for us, man. Uh, well, what, what should people be asking, Mr. Well, what, what is finance? What do you mean? When you're telling me we're going to put together a financial strategy, what do you mean? And it all for me comes back to capital. Right, how we accumulate and deploy capital. Th that is the financial question. Short-term tax, I was writing a blog about this recently. Short-term tax liability management is just a way to preserve some capital in the short term. Right? It's a capital question. Uh, trying to provide for income replacement later in life is a question of having sufficient capital in order to replace that income in the future. It's a capital question. 
And then there's a whole bunch of other things that they all miss because they're not starting with capital. Like, how do we efficiently finance the purchases we're going to make throughout our lives? Again, another capital question. Another capital question, but you've got to add the element of time in in all of those situations, right? Because if I'm a tax preparer, you know, and I'm thinking on an annual basis, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm going to finance an automobile, I'm thinking on a, you know, annual basis, whether it's one year period, two year, five year, six year, I'm, I'm thinking on a limited time period, right? If I'm thinking of retirement, right, income replacement, then I'm thinking of capital and how much capital do I have to have over this time period, mm-hmm. right? And so then that's very segmented in, the, in your thinking, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it is. So, okay, <clears throat> and if, the, if the, the question or the solution is capital and access to capital, capital accumulation that you own and you control, I mean, just start there. Yeah, then what's the strategy for that? Exactly, like, as much as possible. That's a strategy. And then accessing it um, whenever the time arises or the need arises or the opportunity arises. Yeah. And then controlling that you know, loan repayment. I mean, oh my gosh, and if you do that over and over. That's the whole thing. If you just solve for your need for banking, it's like, I'm 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 ahead of my contemporaries comparatively. You right. know, if I'm just practicing the infinite banking concept, accumulating capital that I have contractual access to, and I'm controlling that access in the loan repayment. I mean, I use I use the disease symptom analogy. It's mm-hmm. like all of these little uh, compartmentalized symptoms of tax mm-hmm. liability management mm-hmm. and income replacement and rate of return and all the all these little various financial symptoms out there all have the same underlying problem, the same underlying factor or objective, and that's capital. That's a, it's systematic, optimal, contractual control and use over capital. But you solve for that. And so when people ask me, like I had a, I met the uh, guy who runs membership at the Chamber of Commerce out there in Rockwall. Um, Nice guy. It does commercial insurance on the side too. Now listen, he can, we can all go to the chamber and find out who these people are. That's okay. By the time this comes out, I think he's actually going to be have quit. But um, yeah, he's going to go do his business full time. So okay. more power to him. But, Perfect. Um, he asked what I do. I said, "Well, I'm in finance, and uh, you know." We'll so you're taking a broad term and throwing that out there. I'm in finance. Well, yeah, because you got because then the next one is like, okay, so and it's like, well, what do you mean? Or oh, so you manage investments? Or it's like, no, I do something called the infinite banking concept, and what's that? And eventually, we get to talking about that it's a capitalization strategy. Sure. And people don't understand those words, and it's such a, it's totally emblematic of 2020 America. It's like, it is totally inverted that the thing a financial person should be engaged in is treating the problem of lack of control over capital at the individual level. That's what it should be. And so to, when I go around, I have to tell people what I do and they don't understand, they don't know what it is. It's like, that, that should be the thing, right? Like, what are you doing in finance otherwise? It should be, of course. Or how are you? Doing? Yeah. Oh, but here, let's take that lack of understanding of the fundamental problem, <coughs> right? Which mm-hmm. is lack of control over capital at the individual level, and then let's build a training program. Oh, and, we're yeah. gonna, and we're going to train salespeople to go sell products. Yeah, that's what. That's without an understanding problem. of what the fundamental problem is. That's. I mean, that's a financial world in in, in, in totality. 
and somebody's going to profit from the training. They're going to profit from the sale. They're going to profit from the resale. They're going to profit from the failure. They're going to profit, you know, from the after the failure to try it again. I mean, at the you and me level, right? At whatever, you know, agency, IMO, brokerage house, you know, across the country, um, just as Wall Street. You know, we're going to create a product. We're going to profit from the promotion of that product. We're yep. going to profit from the quote unquote management of that product. And because we're going to separate you from your capital, you know, it's going to be easier for us, easier for us to continue profiting from you, keep you in fear of the unknown. Right. Um, and then we're going to short it, kill it, you know, take it to zero profit from that. And then we're going to reconstitute it in another form. And we're going to profit from that again. It's not almost if you back up, it's all top down thinking. Yeah. It's every bit of it's top down thinking when Nelson Nash, um, is, it was the epitome of that bottom up thinking. You know, bottom up thinking. You can become your own banker. Yeah, and it's just—it's almost like um, talk about decentralization. It's like there's right. nothing more decentralized in freedom, economic freedom, financial freedom, financial independence, um, financial control, and and open interaction between free people. There's nothing the more decentralized yeah. than the infinite banking concept. As much as everyone across the country wants to centralize that, mm. you know? That's exactly right. And um, it, so often a lot of these, and it's unfortunate because oftentimes it's the higher earning types, the people who have done well in their given field, they've, whether they know it or not, oftentimes, not always, but they carry over a lot of these preconceptions. What? Because I'm successful in one area? Yeah. Um, and it's tough because like, you, maybe you know something about their revenue or like what could be possible if they set aside those preconceptions and were willing to legitimately and authentically vet the concept and like you think of what could be done and like the opportunity that's sacrificed you know, at the altar of these preconceived Notions and profit, yeah, or maintaining the status quo or fear of the unknown. Because here's the other thing people say, you know, sometimes I'll mix it up, say, oh, I'm an economist, you know, <laughs> and they, they always say, Oh gosh, you know, I, I should have paid more attention to that class and what yeah. I took in high school or college. I and I tell them, No, understand. no, I tell them, No, 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 it's, it's best that you didn't because it's better to be uninformed than misinformed. Oh, praise God. And economics in high school and college classrooms, almost without exception, is crap. It's just garbage. You know, that's what I felt like in my whole career, and I'm not, you know, highly educated, uh, classically educated. Um, you know, I always felt that that it was misinformation or disinformation, you know, and, and pretty much in the financial world, you know, that's why I became, you know, disillusioned with everything that I was being taught was correct and proper. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at it, you know, you're, you're being told one thing and something else, the exact opposite is happening, but then you're ostracized for even calling it out or not right. going along, right? And then, then I met Nelson. I'm like, oh my gosh, Nirvana brought to a lot of things into clarity, mm -hmm. you know? And really because of his relationship, the relationship that I've had with him, 
Um, it continues to this day to help me bring things into focus and mm-hmm. have clarity, you know, which is sometimes hard in the big wide world that we live in today with the misinformation, the disinformation, the on purpose, you know, the manipulative information. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of it good. in within the IBC world itself. Oh, no question. And you know, every time we I talk with somebody new, it's you know, tell me your story, what kind of background, what have you done to uh, start to research and investigate the concept, and and then I like clinch up. <laughs> like, what are they going to say? Yeah. Uh, and if it's becoming your own banker, great. Uh, and, and we could we could pretty much end there, you know, because if it start to talk about they use the other terms you know velocity banking and i read these other books and it's like oh all all that is just extra baggage well you know what's coming after all that you then then whatever they whatever you know i i whatever comes behind that whatever they brought with them or that resonated with them going through all of that they're going to bring that and it's you know it's just more that you got to clarify or deal with or properly classify um i mean it's hard enough in the financial world you know unlearning what we have been taught Mm -hmm. that is not true um and then learning the infinite banking concept or or why it matters nelson's work you know um to to try to learn the infinite banking concept going through all of that noise that exists you know i guess the I mean, it just adds time, another layer of correct information or informing, um, just more noise that you have to knock off, get knocked off of you, you know, get it off of you. That's why you avoid negative things and noises, because if it gets on you, sometimes it's very difficult to get off. So I'm just saying, once you have gone through this, you know, uh, realization, clarification of maybe maybe what I've been doing is not ideal or not what I thought it was. So now I'm exposed to this idea of becoming your own banker, and it's checking off all the boxes. And then I've got to wait through a bunch of additional noise. I mean, I don't know the good that that comes out of it. There surely has to be some good, and maybe it's you know making. Um, other people better, you know, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in the long run, there has to be a positive there. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, back in the day when we, you know, me and my office, we traveled all over presenting and participating in different events, you know, selling books, speaking. And we would oftentimes have a booth somewhere selling books. And, you know, after a couple of days on the hard concrete and, sitting two days in a 30 minute seat you know they're not made to sit in for more than 30 minutes you know and then the older you get you know your bones creak you're stiff and you know hard concrete blah 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 right and you're you know you've talked so much maybe you've given a presentation a couple of times a couple of days in a row then you're talking to everybody who you know has questions i mean you're parched you know you're you're fatigued um we developed a game i know i've talked about it before but you know, you're sitting down, somebody comes by, they have a lot of, most of the time, legitimate questions, but you always have the CPA wannabe, the financial guru wannabe, the the talking head financial guru promoter, you know, in the local, whatever. They come by, and you almost didn't want to stand up. 
and you know and just go through it all again to defend or you know to promote and so we made a game out of it you know and the game was the first thing out of your mouth had to be life insurance and then the game was to see how long you could still keep them at the booth talking right and I mean, this would be when there's not legitimate people around wanting to purchase books and, right. and learn. Then the other was uh, to see how long you can engage with somebody without mentioning the word life insurance. It's a, it was a great game, you know. <laughs> I mean, it passed the time, made it more interesting. Um, and speaking to your point now, when people it, invariably it gets around to, hey, what do you do? You know, and it's just like, man, I just I show up and work every day just like you. Yeah, you know, or, I, I continue to d- evolve and develop on like what my answer to that question is. I, I think it's going to be like author, or I, I make podcasts or something. Yeah, I, I, the same here. I'm like, well, I advance the work of Nelson Nash. They've never heard of him. Never, never, never. If they really want to know, all they got to do is go find out who he is, what he did, or who he was, what he did. And you know, I'm like, I, I'm not making a game out of it today i'm just saying because i'm not at an event where i'm having to sell books and getting fatigued you know the camera's going to be off here in 30 minutes or so and i'm probably going to be drugged to some restaurant that he likes to eat at (laughs) Um, and i'm going to go fishing or shooting or something you know the holidays here and coming up and my point is um like you i don't i don't i I might just say well i write life insurance Uh, yeah and then you're immediately put in a little box yeah yeah but I get the question too, you know, why don't more people do this? And it, it, these considerations around like the nature of the financial industry and what, how a lot of people think of financial topics is I'm starting to see why. And in fact, it, it's to the point, like I'd be surprised if more people were doing this because the, the industry is so sidetracked. Uh, the, the lack of any, any, any semblance of economic thinking whatsoever uh, is, is, it's all about the sale. It's all about the the next commission. It's all about the the sales, the, the click funnel or the, the sales program or something. There's so many levels of that. You know, you have the click funnels all, all across social media. You know, it's almost like IT, you know, search engine optimization, you know, internet technology. It's so, it's so full of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. You know, and, and, it just right into marketing you know here i've got a nine thousand dollar a month marketing program that you need to buy and because you're a life insurance agent you make a lot of money in commissions and so you need to fund it well and then every imo across the country you know they want to abuse the agent without any respect because they're just a salesperson or a huckster selling a gimmick but oh my gosh, they want them because they're going to make an override or they're going to get paid, they're going to get remunerated some way. And you're like, well, if they're so bad, why do you want to, you know, be involved in that, right? And then you have the life insurance companies, they're demanding, you know, a 10% increase in sales or 20% increase in sales year over year over year. What was your production like this quarter, James? <laughs> oh my gosh. And... uh you know, and that's really that's the way it's been in the life insurance industry. At the beginning of the year, you're going to do some, you're going to do some annual planning and what kind of production are you going to put up on the board? And I'm like, get out of my office. Yeah. Don't ever ask me that again. You know, and I mean, the, the companies I have relationships with now, they don't, they know not to ask me, and they just continue to be appreciative of the good, solid policyholders 
that we bring to them. Because mm-hmm. that's what we the, the insurance agent is. It's just a distribution system to the insurance company. Yeah. Just like a bank or a brokerage house, you know, you can buy life insurance or insurance products at banks. You can buy life insurance products at brokerage houses. You can buy life insurance products through an IMO or an FMO, independent marketing organization or a field marketing organization. And half the time, the life insurance companies own them. Well, that's no like there's not really clear, mm-hmm. which, you know, eh. Well, I think underneath all this is that's where the opportunity is for, like, for young guys or girls who want to get into the financial business. It's so It's so... Wait, you don't have don't to be young. Corrupt, that's not a, that's not a requirement to be a young guy or young girl. But I'm I'm talking to people my age who are oh, okay. thinking of the financial instances. <clears throat> there are ways to be independent and to do things differently. And I think the the real opportunities for people who are at all interested in Austrian economics is people they they go to these libertarian events or these economic events, and maybe they heard about Ron Paul, or you know they start to question the Federal Reserve or maybe some revisionist history in there and the question always maybe becomes some. the question always becomes uh, what you know what, what can I do yeah, how can I sure. be involved absolutely and, and there's maybe that's a, there's voting or you're supposed to salt like, of the earth people yeah. oh my gosh I see a problem I'm concerned right. what can I do and so you know, you could, some people tell you to vote they want you to call a congressman or you go to a rally or something political action all sorts of different political things uh, and, then, and then the next one is, oh, I'll go get a degree in economics. I'll be a professor of economics. Um, yeah, that, and I, tried, I went down that path for a little while, right? Um, brutal, brutal and uncomfortable uh, and bureaucratic and political and uh, careerist. Very Abusive. Uh, Don't leave that word it's out. It's rough. It's rough. And um and then there's the infinite banking concept. But are we talking about academics can, in general or just economics? <laughs> academics in general, economics in particular. Okay. Um, and Austrian economics and quote unquote free market economics. Abu- I mean, they're abused within and without in the whole just, oh my gosh, in the whole realm of economics, the Austrians are abused. But like it could be somebody who's maybe creative, uh, verbally talented, uh, high openness to new ideas. You could have the psychological profile that's amenable to something like sales where you talk to people for a living. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you have a, your craft or your trade or whatever. And so you can just practice the infinite banking concept in your own life. Ooh. Mm. And then go do what it is you're good at doing. What? Yeah. What? <clears throat> and so, but that, but so I think finance that, with structure and control, everything that I purchase. Yeah, but this is why large purchases. I think this is why so few people are doing this. It's why there's so few people talking about it, talking about the infinite banking concept. Uh, that you, you've got to get over or avoid or get through the whole conventional financial monolith. Right? You've got to manage to pick up some economics somewhere that you're not going to get in the college classroom. Or from the life insurance industry. And you've got to or do- from Wall Street. And you've got to dodge these life insurance company staff who, <laughs> who want to beat you over the head with their little predetermined marketing things and their scripts. You've got to dodge their marketing materials. Well, that's a lot. You've you got to dodge the brokerage house and, yeah. and the, you know, the, the different financial offices there. But Same that, thing. But that's, script, but that's why. Material. It's like the, the, the road is totally obstructed oh, yes. to, to get to this point. You know? <laughs> but the weird thing is to me, it's that 
people, I, tr- I genuinely believe this, people do not want the sales-trained automaton who's going to re- uh, re- verbalize the script they memorized over the last three months of their training program. No No question. one wants that. Nobody. I don't want that. You watching, you don't <laughs> want that. No one wants the spammy emails. No one wants to be in a click funnel. That's why they listen to us. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then we get on the phone and it's, it's like just two regular human beings talking to one another, you know? There's, it's, not, it's a totally different, and people love it. And it's great for me, it's great for the company, it's great for the the, uh, the client, the, the prospective client. It's great for the life insurance company too. And so I, I turn around and I'm, I look at these other financial people, and I'm like, who, who, doesn't, who doesn't want a part of this? Like the, 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 the intentional, purposeful insistence on maintaining the same failed sales tactics of a financial industry is. Listen, Ryan. I don't understand. I need to. I need a number of how many policies or how many cases or how many households you've opened this week. I, this I don't have room for the commentary. I need a number. <laughs> And well, oh, the number's not big enough, so obviously you didn't use our scripts correctly or properly. Right. You didn't contact enough people. <clears throat> yeah. I just don't get it. But, but then at the end of the day, like we were talking about with on, a, on another related topic, it's like, okay, you guys want to persist in living that kind of way and re- refuse to look at anything relating to economics. And you want to continue to use the same old marketing tactics where you're going to... It's almost like socialism or communism. Yeah, but listen, this time, the way we're going to do it is going to be better. It's failed historically, but this time we're going to do it better. We're going to do it We're going to do it this way or that way or whatever. It'll be different. It'll be better. Like it's just another advancement of the noise with the new skin. Yeah. You know, it's like... So how do you how do you correct all that? Honestly, I don't. I no longer feel obligated. It's like I, I'm just going to do. I'm going to teach people what Nelson taught, so that they can implement what he thought people should be implementing. Free and, and independent, that's, and that's Ooh. it. And everybody else can go do what they want to do. And isn't that relieving? Oh, it's been it's <clears throat> been wonderful. It's been wonderful. 2020 has been great. Been a great year. Oh, don't you want to throat punch him? Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm just not. I'm, I'm choosing not to participate in the doom and gloom. Yeah, because there's so much of it. Oh my uh, gosh! And it, at the same exact time that all that's out there, I have wonderful people, best clients in the world, who are to, whole new horizons are opening up. Yeah, and they're seeing what's possible. I had the guy, restaurant guy, I mentioned him in a prior episode. Um, we finally got to the point where we were looking at an illustration and he's looking at all the cash value and death benefit that he could be generating and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? I didn't know you could do this. Well, I haven't uh, heard of this before. Can you really do this? Yeah. And I know he happens to be a young man, smart man, smart young man. Like, I wish I'd have known this five years ago mm-hmm. or 10 years ago. James, where you been? I've been looking for you. All right. Yeah. Same thing. That's another. So a lot of the questions, you know, the common questions that reoccur, common statements reoccur as well. You know? Yeah. Once you get through the noise and with some um, education, without the threat of a sale. Right. You know what I mean? Without... The threat of stalking. <laughs> the oncoming sales pitch. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Or elevator speech. Oh yeah. <laughs> so with some 
with some education and, and some clarity. You know, some we all need things clarified from time to time or reinforced or what have you. But if I'm interested and I discover and I avoid the noise or if I understand enough to identify the noise, therefore I can avoid it. Um, and, and, you know, we go through that process of learning what's the next step, proper process, mm-hmm. right, of learning, which does not start with an illustration at all, yeah, right? But when we go through that proper structured process, the, the, the comments are, <clears throat> are over and over, very consistent. Wow, I didn't know, I had no idea. Really, is that real? I mean, the numbers, you, you won't even believe the numbers, yeah. right? Um, which is very rewarding, and then you know, you get started, it's all conversation until somebody writes a check, a check is written, policies are created out of nothing, and then they're funded, i.e. a premium's paid, bigger than you thought you ever would. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is people learn what they really can do and then in they terms of it how on. much premium they And it's okay starting too small. It's Starting too small is better than overbuilding. Everybody okay. will start too small. Um, anyway, then it's just like, Oh my gosh! It's a, it's almost just a love fest, mm-hmm. you know. And then as you go forward, five years, ten years, two years, three years, anytime, every time in the future, <clears throat> and it just gets better and better, um, or it is as good or better than what you thought or expected. We get past that point, you know, when we first start. Um, there's still an element of unknown and trepidation, concern. Um, you know, but we overcome that. We get started. I know for me that it was really the first four to five years, okay, mm. um, that I was writing the checks to pay the premiums and and borrowing money to you know do different things making the loan repayments and I'm still penciling. You know, I'm I'm like penciling is the insurance company really going to do that? Can I really do this? Is this really, you know, did it is it is it what I expected? Is it is it even close or is it is it actually happening? And it got to the point it was a fourth or fifth year that because of the penciling, it's like, no, it's doing what I, it's better. Oh, I didn't know we could do that. Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, my gosh, I left that out. How could I forget this? And mm-hmm. it got to the point where I don't care. Yeah. I quit penciling. Let go. You know, yeah. I quit looking over my shoulder, waiting for the hammer. You know, what's wrong with it? Where's Where's the pitfall? Where's the, you know, explosion? Where's the implosion? Yeah. And it's like, now, today, oh, my gosh, my, you know, 2020 really has been great in, in many um, instances, you know, we talk about patience. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the pre- I listened to about an eight-minute video today of gratitude by a ninety-six-year-old man. Hmm. He didn't look a day over sixty-five. Hmm. Ninety-six years old, talking about gratitude, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I loved it. Right, so you can't go through 2020 without being grateful, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Then of course I got right up, and then my dog scratched me. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Um, 2020 has been very good in some areas. And today, 
the naysayers don't care. Um, it's difficult for me to have my tolerance, you know, to to tolerate the naysayers, the haters, the mm. people that want to debate, you know, the people that want to judge me by their own character. The need that I have to defend mm. is almost non-existent, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and that's a real blessing to me that. It's like, you know what, this is so good for me. You know, I'm, I really get to control the, my financial economy, my personal economy, and the, the difference that it makes in my family, in the families of my clients to participate in that. It's like, oh my gosh, um, the tolerance level, I have to be careful, you know, because. I don't want to go over and over and over and over the same, you know, uh, questions that are simple and simply answered that they've already been addressed. They've already been answered. You know, I think there's over a hundred hours of video on this channel Mm -hmm. that, and I'm not saying every minute is, you know, you're going to learn something, you know, earth shattering, but I can't imagine. And I know a hundred hours is a long time. But I know half of you stay up late at night and you're gaming or doing whatever. You can take a regular amount of time and listen to this and others. I don't want to send you anywhere else. Um, But they're out there. My whole point is you can learn an awful lot. You can overcome this lack of knowledge very simply today. Yeah. Oh, it's very simple. I mean, I go back to that relationship between death benefit and cash value. You know, all you're doing is buying a a future guaranteed cash flow in the form of a death benefit. And future cash flows have present values. And if the future death benefit, future cash flow is guaranteed, so too is the present value of it. And And having it, the more the better. Immediate access to it. Awful. I guess not magic. It is not magic. I got to explain to the chamber guy. Most people, as I told me, I sell life insurance. And I was like, yeah. But when most people think of life insurance, they think of death benefit. And that's it. And that's not what I do. That's part of the deal. It's like, what do you do? I advance the work of a man named Nelson Nash. That's another question I get all the time. You know, I don't don't want the death benefit. I I want the cash value. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we got to go back. Because they don't understand the value of the death benefit. That... And it, the whole the framework is the whole framework's off. You don't get cash value without death benefit. Can't happen. So it's it's not one of the other people are so used to having these trade offs where it's like I got to have this instead of that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it, we're not we don't the understanding of life insurance is so low. It, it the bar is so low to the ground for developing an an essential understanding of life insurance that the. It's just like, whew. a lot of these things can be fixed very quickly by just reviewing what's going on. You know, what, how, how does the contract work and why? You know, there's not only one kind of premium and dividend paying life. There's two. They have different effects. You have different rights, obligations, and options with those two kinds of premiums. Yeah, but if I'm paying a premium, how am I ever going to make a loan repayment? <laughs> Wait a minute. If you're saving money, how are you ever going to be able to afford a car payment? If you're making a qualified plan contribution, how are you ever going to be able to pay for daycare? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
So limited. You know, you mentioned equipment finance earlier, which I love equipment financing and, and even distribution of age classes, which both are totally and utterly misunderstood. Yeah, okay? yeah. I love them. But, um, you know, the Nelson used to get pushback all the time. And they would say, well, Nelson... Where did the logger come up with $40,000? How am I gonna pay the premium? And Nelson would say, well, I'll answer your question with the question, and that's biblical. And then they would just be like, well, answer my question. <laughs> and the question would be, um, where did he come up with the down payment? Mm. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. I mean, do you ever get that? If I have a premium payment, how am I going to make a loan repayment too? Can't the premium payment be a loan repayment? Can't the loan repayment be a premium payment? Yeah. Well, and to people's credit, so Nelson stressed, you know, don't steal the peas, repay your loans, and and people do get, I think, at times overly concerned, which is good. It's better to be overly concerned about making loan repayments rather than to purposely take out loans and not pay them back. So, it's good to be concerned about that but yeah i think and, and maybe it comes down to a misunderstanding of, of the nature of a loan balance as opposed to the cash value like you know so long as that cash value is growing so long as the collateral backing the policy loan is forever increasing then the everything's in good order you know and there, there will come a time when the the loan will be repaid and maybe that's systematically and immediately on a monthly basis in the same way that we're used to repaying loans. Or maybe as we sort of grow into our understanding of being a banker that we become more comfortable with repaying a loan balance when the funds are available. And that maybe that doesn't conform to exactly how we used to repay loans when we had to by obligation, by contract with the conventional lender. You know, I, I, that whole picture changes for people. I think. Well, the, the you know, this this and and just about everything that we talk about. You know, Nelson used to say you need a coach, whether you like that term or you don't like yeah. that term, whether you agree or disagree. Um, you know, I don't. Every area in my life that where I operate outside of my expertise, I want to talk to somebody. I want a relation. I want access, whether it's paid or unpaid, and I mean, I want, I want a source that I can rely on. Yeah, you know. So, in that sense, in my opinion, you know, can you figure it out? Of course, you can figure it out. Of course, you can. Um, can you shorten that learning curve working with somebody that's competent? Yes, of course you can. And not only can you shorten that learning curve, but you can also shorten the um, the or not shorten, but you can increase the abilities in the future, mm. if that makes sense, right? So I can figure it out. You know, some people that hear or get exposed to this idea can't figure it out for a year or two before they get started. Okay, yeah. other people can hear, be exposed to it, and it's like Katie bar the door. Oh my gosh, I got it. That was my case. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm on the oh, phone the next day after yeah. reading the book. Um, so I'm just saying that this example and an awful lot of examples that we talk about 
um, reinforces the fact that it's okay to have a relationship with a professional that's competent, right? And now that's just another whole road of uh, full of pitfalls. Who's competent? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, my heart goes out to the listener because, you know, everybody and their brother that has a life insurance license that can spell IBC, you know, is an expert. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just not true. But does that mean they can't learn? Of course they can. Right. Um, so I'm just saying that it is okay to have a relationship with somebody who is competent, who maybe pay substantial premiums themselves, <laughs> right? Who maybe has, you know, dedicated an appropriate amount of time to their education, right? And is actually doing it in real life application, not spending all their time building a bunch of click funnels and, <laughs> you know, sales things. And I'm not opposed to sales things and click funnels. I'm opposed to smoke and mirrors. I'm opposed to things that are not clear, you know, or things that obstruct, you know, that's what I'm opposed to. Um, and when you find that relationship or if you just figure it out on your own, you know, if you want to bypass it, like, no problem. Um, it's, the quicker you vet this idea that you can become your own banker, and if you vet it and it makes sense to you, then the quicker you can implement it with somebody competent, the better off you will be. Yeah. And the more time you will have to practice. Right. It's a beautiful thing. That's one thing, and sort of talking about 2020 and Christmas, or like maybe the last episode of the year, That that is one major milestone for me this year was uh, I'm taking every bit of life insurance that the industry will let me have. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a nice feeling? You know, it's uh, like... That's pretty cool. The, the maximum amount of insurance that they will let you have. Oh, yeah. now that'll separate the men from the boys because we all talk a big talk and have a great big conversation until it comes time to write a check mm-hmm. and I love the people that we engage with because they're like minded you know they've taken the time to listen and they they vet us mm-hmm. you know they vet me over and then uh, it's like I love it because they're like James you're right I'm ready to write a check <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect anyway so yeah, Merry Christmas. We didn't really talk about Christmas, man. That's all right. End of the year. Talked about some lessons learned. I think it's good. I mean, uh, by the time this gets released, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm very hopeful. Be optimistic. Yeah. Things are going to be all right. Yeah, things are going to be all right. As negative as the big wide world is, at the end of the day, God is in control, and we live in the greatest country that man has ever put together, in my opinion. As weak as it is, as many faults as we have, it's still the greatest country in the world. And if you think you're going to go somewhere to escape it, or you're going to buy some cryptocurrency or silver or whatever and escape it, um, you know, I God don't bless you. think that's really going to happen. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. We had fun. Merry Christmas. See you next year.
Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.